Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. So, you all remember to bring your Bibles? Come on now. I was saying earlier, I had thought of a way that would help you to never forget your Bible to church, right? Pretend it's your phone. (laughs) Okay? You know the panic there is when somebody forgets their phone and they have to go back home to get it, even there in Port Rush. So anyway, this morning we're going through this little book here. We're on actually page 16 and 17 of this book this morning, and uh, we're looking (coughs) at um, four different subjects this morning. We're looking at light, what Mark talks about the light. We're talking about, uh, we're going to look at two parables about seed, and then we're going to talk about a storm, (coughs) okay? And that should take us up till about three o'clock. No service tonight, so I can speak twice as long. No, I wouldn't put you through that. Don't worry. So, um, let's see now. We, um, <clears throat> we're starting to, in, in Mark's Gospel, chapter 4. I think it's going to be on the screen for you. Uh, Okay, Mark's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 21 to 25. And he said to them, Do you bring a lamp and put it under a basket or under a bed? Instead, don't you put it on a stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Consider carefully what you hear. He continued, with what measure you use, it will be measured to you, and even more. <clears throat> and whatever and whatever has will be given more. Whoever has will be given more, and whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. That all sounds a bit double Dutch to some of you, maybe, but we're going to try and Uh, understand what uh, Jesus is teaching here. And so the background to this is uh, that Jesus, um, having spoken to the multitudes in parables, Jesus is now alone with his disciples. And when he's alone with his disciples, uh, he's explained the heavenly meaning of the parable of the farmer, which you looked at last week, the farmer Uh, who was the sower of the seed. Remember that story? And Jesus now changes from the subject of agriculture to a subject of of light. And uh, we just want to understand what this light is about that he's talking about. He says, don't hide your light 
under a basket or under a bed. What's this all about? The Bible has a lot to say about light and about darkness right throughout the Bible. In fact, uh, when we go to the very first chapter in our Bible, in Genesis 1, verse 2 to 5, we find those two things there. Uh, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. You know, those are the first recorded words of God in the Bible. Isn't that strange? The first recorded words of God in the Bible are about light. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. <clears throat> and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. Now, we know that that was physical light. That was light as we know it. You know, it goes on to talk about the evening and the morning. That was physical light. When we come to the New Testament, however, the references to light are generally referring to spiritual light, not the physical. And in describing the coming uh, <clears throat> of Jesus as the, the light, uh, we find the gospel writer John echoes the same theme from Genesis. Remember, Genesis says, in the beginning, God created, etc. And here John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Uh, in John 1, verses 4 to 5, uh, it talks about Jesus being the light, and him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shined in the darkness, and has not, and the darkness has not overcome it. <clears throat> Jesus himself personalized this in John 8, verse 12, when he himself declared this, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And, I mean, we've just, we've just thought about that this morning, that Jesus, uh, <clears throat> as the light of the world, came into the world to dispel the darkness and bring us the light of the gospel and the light of eternal life, which we all uh, enjoy this morning. And Jesus did that as the light. He came into the darkness of this sin-stained world for us, he plunged himself into the darkness that we created, the darkness of our making, our sin, and he conquered it. He conquered that darkness by experiencing all the agonies and the pains of this life, and even more so, all the agonies and pain uh, that we've been remembering this morning of the cross and all of its suffering. <clears throat> Something which will surpass anything that you and I will ever have to endure. And by his life and by his death, Jesus swallowed up darkness and brought in light. And that light is the revelation of the eternal life that you and I enjoy today. It's amazing, isn't it, what Jesus has done for us. He has given us eternal life. And what is eternal life? Well, John 3 talks about it. it, it, it uh, the gospel says, it, and this is eternal life. Here's the definition, that you might know God and Jesus Christ, whom he has sent. 
So eternal life, it's not just the fact that we, we're going to live forever in heaven. Eternal life is a quality of life that we enjoy now and will enjoy for all eternity. And Jesus brought that by being the light. So Jesus is the source of spiritual life. And in that context here in Mark 4 and verse 21, the light in this verse is referring to the teachings of Jesus. Look what he says. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and and not on a stand? And the light or the lamp, uh, as I say, represents the truth of the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God, and the truth to which many many were hidden, but now are explained here uh, and revealed to the disciples. You remember in the previous parable of the sower, the farmer who sowed the seed, Jesus teaches about the different ways that his truth is received. If it's received well, that is if the seed falls on good ground, then the seed, which is the truth of God, will bring forth uh, fruit kingdom of God fruit. And so, then Jesus brings a challenge in here. Because, you see, they've they've just had the revelation. Jesus had just explained to them what the parable meant. And And so we understand what the parable means as well today, because Jesus explained it. They've had the revelation, and now the responsibility on them is to share that truth and not to smother it, and that's what he's saying here. There are truths being revealed to you. The light has been revealed to you. So don't, don't, don't smother it. Don't hide it. Don't hide it under a basket or under a bed. He says you need to, to share the word and allow that light to dispel darkness in people's lives. And because we have the truth, and we have more than the disciples have, we have it all. We have the whole truth here. And uh, exhortation to us this morning is not not to hide it, not not to let it just be something that sits beside our bed, but to share it uh, and to use it to bring light to others. There's a passage in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6, which tells us that. It tells us that... uh, there's it on the screen for God who said let for God who said let light shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And so what he's saying here is that as we share the truth of Jesus' teaching, God in his wisdom and in his power, the God who commanded light to shine uh, out of darkness, the way back in Genesis, in the physical, he's able to do that in the spiritual. He's able to allow and to let that light shine, the light of his truth uh, shine in the hearts of men and women. And so that's the reason why we share the truth. That's the reason why we're exhorted here not to, not to hide our light, lights or, or to bury them, but to set them on a stand to expose Uh, the truth, to share the truth so that we might see people uh, saved. And also, we share the truth 
to encourage each other as brothers and sisters of king, the kingdom of the light. Because that's what the truth does. The truth here, uh, it, it's, it's, uh, God's word tells us it's, it's sharp, it's quick and it's powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Okay? And it's given to us uh, in order that we might use it to see others one for Jesus. Uh, it's interesting to note that in giving this charge to the disciples, Jesus used uh, two items, which we are familiar with, two items, uh, a basket and a bed, as a hiding place for our lamps. He used a basket and a bed. He said, don't hide your lamp under a basket or under a bed. You know, and, and thinking of, of why uh, he used those two uh, uh, items, uh, could, it be, could it be that the basket represents our busyness? Okay? The busyness of life. Are, are we so busy filling our baskets, if you like, uh, that uh, we neglect to share the word of God? to share the truth, to shine the light? Is it because we're, we're too busy uh, with the busyness of life? And the bed, could that represent laziness? You know, have we come, become complacent? And I think what the exhortation here is, don't let us be too busy or uh, too lazy or too complacent about showing the teachings of Jesus. I, I can sort of testify to that in my own life that that would be true of me. Most of the time I'm too busy or I'm too complacent. And the exhortation here is Jesus says, no, 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 don't hide your light under the basket or under the bed. It's too precious. You know, it, it's, it's too useful. It can change people's lives just by allowing that light to shine. And so, Maybe you say, but, you know, I, I'm not really that intellectual. I don't really understand much of the truths of, of Scripture. I, I would be a bit nervous about sharing the Word. Um, and, and that, and that uh, uh, can cause you, or, or it could be also an excuse. But I think that Jesus anticipated the reaction. <clears throat> and he explains to his disciples in, in verses 22 and 23, if you look at that there, verses 22 and 3, where he says, don't hide your lamp, he says, for nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And you're looking at that and you're saying, what on earth does that mean? For nothing is hidden except it be made manifest. Well, I think that it simply means this, that if we approach the Word of God with a desire to understand it, okay, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm talking not just coming to, to read your Bible every morning or every night or whenever it is just to, to say that you've read a scripture today, but it's not, it's coming to the Word of God with a desire to understand it, with a desire to allow God to, to reveal its truth to you. Uh, if we if we approach the Word of God with that attitude and with a desire to understand it, then the Holy Spirit will reveal it to us. 
And the truth of this verse will come to the fore. Nothing within the scripture will be hidden, but it will be made manifest and there will be nothing secretive about it. I think that's good, isn't it? And then he says, if you have ears to hear, let him hear. He has his ears to hear, let him hear. Pay attention, he's saying, to the truth of the word of God. And then in verses 24 and 25, Jesus emphasizes the need to take heed to what we hear. Take heed to what we hear. He was teaching them, so they were listening. Okay, so we, we are to take heed to what we read because we're reading it from the Word of God. But we're not o- only reading it. We're also listening to God as he reveals it to us by his Holy Spirit. And so he's saying here uh, <clears throat> in, in verses 24 and 25, Pay attention to what you hear or what you read. And then he says, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. Now, what's he mean by this here? He's saying here, listen, take heed to what you hear. Pay attention, but not only that, obey. And then I think this here is more of an admonition. If you look at the verse again, he says, with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And I think that that means that every time we acquire, every time we come to the word of God and we acquire fresh truth and God reveals something to us and it becomes real in our lives, you know, you know when God reveals something to you, even though somebody has preached it before to you and you haven't really picked it up, when, but when God reveals it to you when you're reading his word and, and, and it really grips you and you get excited about it and it becomes real to you, I feel that that's what he's saying here. Every time we acquire fresh truth and allow it to become real in our lives, then we will be given more. Okay, so the more, the more we we glean and the more we learn from the word of God with a desire to to do that, then God will reveal more to us. But then at the end of the verse, the opposite for that is true. If we don't respond to truth, it results in losing what we already have. Okay? I was saying earlier, you know, I find that the more you read the Bible, the more you want to read it. Okay? The more, the more you read it, and if you really get into it, you'll not be able to wait until you get back to it again. The more you read it, the more you want to read it, and the opposite's true. The less you read it, the less you want to read it, and it'll be set to the one side, and you won't bother with it. And I think that that is exactly what Jesus is saying here. If you come to the Word of God with that desire to know it, then he says... Um, uh, when you acquire that fresh truth and allow it to become real in your lives, then God will reveal more of his word to you. <clears throat> I was thinking too that you need to remember that these were candles. Uh, and if you were to bury them or if you have to put them underneath something for a prolonged period of time, 
you know, they would eventually, if they were starved of, of oxygen, they would, they would eventually dim and maybe go out. You know, be a bad job if, you're, if your light went out. You know, as a, as a Christian, your, your testimony and your witness, oh, you're still saved, all right. But for your, for your lamp to dim as a Christian, uh, that's a sad state of affairs. <clears throat> But let's look at Mark 4, 26 to 32 now. We, we read here about two more parables. Okay. <clears throat> we note that Mark doesn't give us the explanation that Jesus gave to the disciples. But both of these uh, parables here, the parable of the growing seed and the parable of the mustard seed, they're both about the growth of the kingdom of God and we can see that they stress the divine power that there is that exists within the seed of the word of God. Both, these, both of these uh, parables express uh, the divine power that exists within the seed of the word of God. The Bible is a mighty book, you know. The word of God is an amazing book. It's, it's mighty, it's living it's different from any other book. You know, the author is God Almighty. We got a we got a book written by God Almighty. Best author there could be, isn't there? Isn't it? And here it is. In uh, uh, these two parables, reminds us of the power that there is in the Word. And in these two parables of the the growing seed and the mustard seed, we might not be able to understand the true working of the the power. But Jesus is teaching us that as we sow the seed, we depend on him for the results. I know we, we sow seed and here it is. He says, uh, the kingdom of God is as if man should scatter seed on the ground. And, and, and that's just like us. We, we, we spread the word, you know. And he sleeps and rises night and day. Okay. And, and it says here, um, and the seed sprouts and grows, and he doesn't know how. And it's a bit like us. We, 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 we spread the word, don't we? Uh, just like the farmer can't understand how uh, a seed germinates and how it grows. He, he can't understand that. He can't figure that out. It just, it just happens. He just knows it happens because that's how God has made it. And so it is with us as we, we, see, we sow the seed, we share the word with someone and we feel, well, he didn't take that too well or that didn't go, that didn't go down well. But, but you know, we don't know. That seed has gone in and that seed can, can germinate and that seed can sprout. And, and we don't know how it works. We just know there's power in the seed and that's what uh, Mark is bringing out here. There's power, <clears throat> or what Jesus is bringing out, there's power in the seed. And even though, you know, we, we just have to sow the seed. The farmer sows the seed. Well, he, he has to, he, he, goes, he goes to bed. He says he goes to bed and he gets up in the morning and he goes back to bed at night. He, he's not doing anything to encourage us or to make this grow. And so we sow the seed. And, 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 and the encouragement for us is we got to leave that with God. We, we leave it with God and allow him to do his work in germinating that seed and bringing it 
uh, to fruit. And sometimes, you know, we have to wait a long time. I know the farmers are impatient too to get the harvest, aren't they? Sometimes we pray, we share, we sow the seed, and we wait, and nothing happens. And sometimes we get discouraged, don't we? And we get weary. And, you know, but Jesus here is encouraging us to trust and hope in the power that is within the seed of the Word of God. And then the mustard seed. The mustard seed is a great story there, that wee parable, <clears throat> telling us just how the kingdom began small. You know, like a tiny little mustard seed, that's how the kingdom started, with 12 men. That's all, 12 men. And uh, because of their faithfulness to the truth of the teaching of Jesus, it has grown into a great tree. And here we are this morning, part of the worldwide church of God, almost two billion of us. And we are the results, we are the results of the faithfulness of those 12 men. It began small, just like a mustard seed, but it has grown today into the worldwide church of God. It's amazing, isn't it? How, uh, and, and we are part of that phenomenal rapid speed of Christianity from those very small beginnings. And I take out of that that if we are faithful, if we are faithful to set our lamps on a stand, to sow the seed of the word, to be faithful in that, and, and not to bury our lights, but continue to sow the seed, then there's no telling, no telling what impact that could have. If you were to go out tomorrow and share the gospel with one person, right? There's no telling what impact that could have in the kingdom of God. <clears throat> and then, uh, better march on here. <clears throat> Mark 4, verse 35, the story of the storm. All right. So we all know this story. I'll not take time to read it there. Mark's telling the story of the storm in the lake. You need to remember, Mark wasn't in the boat, right? He wasn't in the boat. He wasn't a disciple. But Mark got this from his mate Peter, I think, because Peter and Mark were best friends. And Mark got this story. I'm not sure why Peter was mad at him for writing it here, because if I had a story like that, I would have wanted to written it. But anyway, Mark has written it here and <clears throat> tells us that... Uh, it's not a parable, okay? This is, this is an event that actually happened. It's not a parable. And, and after a long day's teaching, Jesus and the disciples are crossing the Sea of Galilee in a boat. Jesus is sleeping. Wild storm blows. And it must have been a wild storm. I mean, these boys, these are not kids here. These are seasoned fishermen. They're used to a boat rocking about, you know. But this must have been a violent storm to make these seasoned fishermen afraid. They were scared stiff. Okay, they were struck with terror. But you know what? They experienced the Lord's power to deliver them. And they all lived to tell the tale. Jesus was the one who calmed the storm for them. And when I was thinking about this, when the storms of life come in all our lives, because we're with either we're going into a storm 
we're in a storm or we're coming out of a storm. Happens to us all in life. You know, <clears throat> when the storms of life come, they're often severe and cause us great anguish and pain. Then the storms of suffering and the storms of sorrow blow into our lives and devastate us with, with heartache, with heartbreak, with, with turmoil. One problem will arise after another and the, very often they, they bury us under a blizzard of affliction. And I know that many of you here this morning could testify to having big storms in your life. Happens to us all. But how was this storm stilled? Well, it was stilled by the word of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. And Jesus' word stilled the storm. And this same Jesus who spoke and calmed the waves speaks today through his word. And we have been considering the power of the seed within the word of God. Let's use it. Let's use it. Let's experiment with it. Let's try it out. The word <clears throat> to help us through the storms that bring us fear, anxiety, and pain. Let's use the word of God. And we're, I was thinking too, we're, we're all in the boat, you know. We're all in the boat today. Yeah, we're all in the boat, the journey of life. We're all in the boat. We're traveling to the other side. But you know, Jesus is in the boat. Jesus is in the boat. And the boat will never sink when Jesus is in the boat. It's not good to know that Jesus is in our boat. He's within every one of us. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Yeah, he's, in, he's within every one of us. And you know, I was thinking of Peter too when I, when, I, when I was reading this. You remember Peter got out of the boat. Oh, aye, he got out of the boat and he started to walk on the water and he was brilliant. Walking on water, imagine that. And then he, he became occupied with, with the waves and the storm and he looked all around him and he, he, he got frightened because he took his eyes off Jesus. And you know what? It says, he, he began to... And people are thinking, Peter, you're going to sink. Peter's going to sink. Look, but Peter never sink. He'll never sink. Jesus is there. He takes him by the hand. And he rescues him. And Jesus is always by our side. Many a time, it looks like we're sinking. Many a time, we feel like we're sinking. But Jesus is there. He's there by our side to take our hand and to lift us up out of the storm. <clears throat> okay? So in summary then of what we've been considering, let's determine to be effective in the kingdom of God. Let's be determined not to hide our light. I was thinking maybe let's decide to take our light out from under the basket. Let's pull our light out from under the bed and put it on the stand. That's what Jesus said. Put it on the stand. Okay? And, and even in that, take your stand. Young people, some of you may be going to university or a different school this year. You know, my advice to you, make your stand at the start. Take your stand at the start. You know, don't compromise at the start because that makes it more difficult then as you, as you uh, go further into your education. Make your stand at the start. And that's what Jesus is saying here. 
Put your light on the stand, okay? And let's be determined to be effective in the kingdom of God. And let the the seed of God's word, his truth, this here, allow this here, not only um, take root in us, but continue to grow and bear fruit. So some things just to finish about the word. Learn to love the word. Okay? Learn to love it. Learn, learn to want to eat it every day. You know? Just like we feed our bodies. Not right? We'll pull our chairs up to the table three or four times a day and we feed our bodies. You know, this, this is food for our souls. Okay? So, so don't neglect it. Love the word. Learn to love the word. Learn his word. Learn it. Great thing to learn it. I knew a man, and Philip knows a man too, and Art Kenny, wherever he's at. We all know, knew a man who, two brothers and a brother-in-law who could recite the whole of the New Testament. Yeah, the whole of the New Testament. That's amazing, isn't it? Learn the word. Obey his word. So love the word. Learn the word. Obey the word. Share his word. That's what this whole teaching this morning is about. Sharing the word. Letting your light shine. Share the word. And hold on to his word. Okay? In the storms of life. Okay? That's your story. I'm going to finish there. And just say, let's be more determined uh, to shine the light we have. The message of salvation. The thing I thought about it is, you know, lights, lamps were candles, as we said earlier. They weren't body lights, torches. They were, they were candles. And candles needed constant daily attention. Yeah? Candles needed, you needed to go to them every day and you need to examine them and you need to trim, trim them. The, the waste part, the dirty bit, that made the candle dirty and made it smoke and dimmed its light. You needed to trim that in order for it to burn brightly. You needed to cut off the waste parts that caused that contamination, just the same as our lives. We are lights, but we need daily, constant attention to our lives. There needs to be examination, and sometimes we need to cut off things that are causing us to be ineffective in our witness, causing our lights to be dim, to be dull, you know? And maybe this morning there's something that comes into your mind that you need to to trim off, to cut off, to allow your light to, to burn more brightly. Thank you for listening to the Word of God. I pray it will be a blessing to you uh, as you progress into this new week. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.